there to be an end that Toad's actually been dead for 20 years and he's, you know, (laughs) just haunting his his Riverside friends. He died in a car crash horrifically (laughs) or something. (laughs) All right, geeks. Geeks. Hello and welcome to episode 24 of Geeks, the world's number one entertainment podcast recorded in this room. The room today is uh, my mum's dining room, I guess. Uh, I'm in the UK. Uh, I'm your host, Al White. I had a lineup of stuff I was going to say, actually. I just thought of it, but I didn't write it down. Uh What am I going to say? I'm Al White. I've watched every episode of Dragon Ball Z. I walked out of War Horse, the play, Mm -hmm. and I really liked the first half of the new Fantastic Four movie that everyone despises. (laughs) (laughs) They're my three admissions. I got to start 2016 by being honest, and they're my three three, uh, contributions. I am joined today in the UK by my very old dear friend, Dan Housen. Yes. Hello. <laughs> yes, that is you, me. You got my name right. <laughs> Daniel Housen. Yes. I forget your middle name. Sean. Oh, it is Sean. It's Sean. Just yeah. like your kid's name. Yeah. That makes it sound really unimaginative, doesn't it? Do you not to, call to him give... Sean the Second? Yeah, but that would be better. That would that, be better. Would, you know, people would treat him with an element of respect, I feel. Did you know? Was that not a family? They didn't, the family didn't go for this? Sean the Second. <laughs> Sean the Second. <laughs> it makes sense. I, it does. It makes perfect sense. It's, it's a logical progression. What's his, second, what's his middle name? Is it Dan? Um, uh, Do you um, just flip flop through generations? Alexander. Oh, yes, Alexander. Name. Well, that's a very powerful, very strong name, but also Thank named uh, kind of exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So actually, I think the the focus of that wasn't actually you, and I apologize. Uh, I disagree. For that, but now I've realized, you know, next time we talk, it will be you. It will be me. It will be you. It was um, his his uncle, his uncle Alex. No, 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 it was me. It was you. Um, but you <laughs> missed the chance there, and then to flip flop if you're Dan, Sean. And then yeah. it could be Sean Dan, and then his kids could be Dan Sean, and just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> Forever. Well, it was actually traditionally meant to be James, um, obviously, my brother. Yes. James. Um, but um, yeah, I kind of decided that it was time to break with family tradition that, that, that yeah. Yep. Anyway. Yeah, it's yeah. hard with that stuff, isn't it? Like, people do like tend to use the family names and the middle names and stuff like that. Yeah, I think I think it was an easy it was an easy choice to go to. So instead, I looked in the middle of my name and picked up Sean. <laughs> I found a name. <laughs> it wasn't far away. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'll probably just do torturous names if I have kids. <laughs> so just make their life at school really horrific, like Persephone or something. Um, hello and welcome to, <laughs> to Geeks, Geeks. Uh, the, the baby naming podcast. Um, yeah, so we've, we're back. This is our first. We did a we had a couple uh, edited together specials that were out last week of all of our quizzes from 2015. Uh, but this is our first actual proper podcast of 2016. So. Mm. Thank you, Dan, for joining me because you made it possible. Because otherwise, it's just me talking into a microphone <laughs> on my own, which is. But it may yet just be you talking into you a might microphone. Just on walk your own. Let's point. see how things go. Hey. <laughs> uh, yeah, next week you can. Uh, we'll have the guys. Um, I think Alex and Nate are going to be doing it over in LA, and we'll be back to our Tuesday podcast. This one we're going to put up over the weekend, uh, but in just a few days we'll have another one. We'll be back on schedule. So, Dan, I know you pretty well. Yes, we've known each other since. I want to say 95 or 6 say a long time long time like long 20 time. years yes 20. that is 20 years isn't that's it? crazy yeah shit yeah that is oh man wow we're old yeah, uh, yeah. we've had many uh, we kind of bonded a lot through gaming yes we yeah. used to stay up pilot to wings. 6 and, oh pilot wings pilot wings blast yeah. corpse yes um 
blue no not blue harvest uh was body, it body, body harvest body. i when when i was driving over here i thought to myself how long is it going to take it's coming until up. body harvest comes every up? conversation yep, yeah what i really love is that if you have a look on uh, on youtube you mm. will find a uh, kind of i think it's like a half hour long clip of the credits and somebody playing through the opening sequence oh, really? body harvest it's quite an experience yeah so. I've, i did revisit it a couple of years ago i think uh, not to play it but yeah. watching people play. Yeah. So if you don't, if you if you're too young for Body Harvest, or you were too sensible <laughs> when that game came out, <laughs> go on YouTube. It um, it came out. What did we play on N64? Was that game? It was N64. Yeah. N64. Um, yeah. And it really was. I, if I'm, I might be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure when I looked it up last, a bunch of the people who developed that went on to do the 3D GTAs. Um, and it's not the key people, but you know a lot of the legwork people. And it has. It really was one of the first open world games. Looking back on it now, so that's there was what nothing it was. in the world. No, but it, but it was open. Well, the, hey, <laughs> there were flat polygons so it, and, and there were giant green polygons giant that, that, you had, that you had to fight with. That is true. Everywhere. Um, and and what the, were you playing as? Are you like a mechanical suit person? <laughs> yeah, that was that was the technical term. Basically, yeah, yeah, you are mechanical suit man. <laughs> <You> are. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's kind of it. I, I assume you're some kind of astronaut. Yeah, of some exploring sort. That's my, uh, exploring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, that was, but it, we spent hours in that game. I think it was yeah. just that it was that first feeling of freedom. It was oh, it was over this triangle. Another, another triangle yeah. but at the time <laughs> that was it, pretty exciting it, funny enough it's it's the music that sticks with me yes there's, there's something i think I, for some reason i have memories of spending longer on the loading screen than i do of actually it's true Hang on, but actually this game. was cartridge era that should yeah, have been true screen. it's true so it must have been the actual menu why was that why what were we doing we're just watching the menu we're just bewitched <laughs> by it. it was the music um, which which yeah, we should come to later which is uh, playing valiant, valiant hearts oh the music in the in when you pause a game in that and occasionally it comes in through the game it's just beautiful it really is Final yeah. that's the one um with the dog isn't it and the that was yeah it's <coughs> first world war it's yeah, basically yeah, about yeah. the first world war and a series of characters and how they kind of inter interrelate but i only played uh, like the first half hour of that I haven't played yeah i was i was quite taken by quite taken by it. i mean it's uh granted it's it's very it's very simple but i mean that's that's kind of its charm i think you know it's it's essentially kind of a point and click and kind of a 2d sort of platform platform form almost kind of in, type environment that's right. the worst description you've ever known but i've it's, done it i've said it now. that it's, sounds it's, like a game it's out there it's a game <laughs> um but um essentially it's, the puzzles are very simple you're picking up a thing you're working out how to you know uh, time things right to get two bridges to join that, that that kind of thing or you can have the dog run into so it's got kind of two planes in certain points and the dog can be on the other side and the dog's kind of the communication between carrots no. it's, it's 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 quite a nice nice sort of uh, a setup but i I think really what what makes it is is just some some truly kind of beautiful moments that are quite emotional and quite quite oh honest, yeah yeah, which yeah, is yeah. Nice. No, I've heard some great stuff about and, uh, it yeah mm-hmm. sorry I've completely gone off the no, tangent with that that's what it is uh, conversational yeah. podcast you talk about what the hell you want <laughs> I don't care I want to talk about Body Harvest for about two hours <laughs> um, I think we need to end this with the with the theme song from Body Harvest I think it, yeah I'm, uh, I'm gonna get up on YouTube we'll play yeah. at some point and we'll get in trouble <laughs> um, I think I'll just be happy for the exposure to be honest <laughs> um, what was I what was I about to say yeah and then we we, we played a shitload of Ocarina of Time. Oh, yes. Oh, man. Oh, Up in the, yeah. We used to live down the yeah. street from each other. Mm. You would come around, because I was living on my own at that point. Yeah. Um, and you would live with your mom down the road, and you would come around, we'd play Ocarina all night. 
Yeah. We'd walk down to the garage down the road, play some handball against the garage. Yep. And yeah, we'd be, we'd be let into snacks. the garage yeah, whilst the other the, kids from yeah. the neighbourhood weren't allowed in. We were trustworthy. Because we were nice. Trustworthy dorks. <laughs> and you were And we people. did spend a lot of money, to be fair, I think. We did. We happened. bought a lot of Maltesers. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we'd come back, eat more snacks, play until about six. We would hear the birds coming up, the light would creep in, you'd oh. go back home, we'd sleep for the day. Yeah. <laughs> we'd do the it again. <laughs> It's so true, and it was nice because those were. So you came around today, and you brought your Xbox, and I brought mm. down the TV, and we linked it together. Hopefully, other podcasts we can play some games because we yeah. see each other two, three times a year. So mm. it's nice to go do that. Um, but it used to be enough, didn't it? You just sat, you played Ocarina, you passed the pad yeah. back and forward. That was fine. Yeah, that was fine. Yeah. When did that stop being fine? <laughs> I don't know. I remember playing Cheerock split screen. Oh, do you remember that? Fuck yeah. yeah! Was that the one where we made the little tent, or was we that made Medal of Honor? We, we made a tent between. Oh, oh was the one you just said? I Medal of Honor. We played some of the early Medal I'm of sure Honor. I'm sure it was Cheerock. I think it was Cheerock. Yeah. yeah, and and. Yeah, I, I remember like playing in kind of the arenas there. But yeah, we, we managed to yep. physically separate the screen. Sellotape yeah. towel technique. Oh. And then one of you goes under the... Because the, it's split horizontally. Yeah. That's correct, isn't it? Horizontally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, you had to meticulously put the towel right in the seam of where the two sort of mini screens which, were. Which actually was an engineering achievement. I really? Think. Yeah. yeah. We Going back, I can't imagine how we achieve that now. Yeah. A lot I of patience, <laughs> a lot of time, and no supervision. No adult supervision, I think, was what was happening. Fundamentally That's what happens it, yeah. when you live on your own and you're 17 near your friends. Um, but yeah, so, Dan, now we're old. Mm. We don't play video games anymore, surely. No. So let's hear a little bit about you so people know about you, because I know all about you. But give us some stuff. Like, normally I ask for five things that people, you know, define them a little bit. Yeah. I appreciate some people struggle with that. <laughs> I I think I am the absolute yeah the uh, pinnacle of someone who's struggled with with, <laughs> okay. with that whole concept. Uh, you know I, I'm I'm going to blame you know my my point in life is it's not that I don't watch a lot, read a lot, listen to a lot, and and play a lot. Um, I just yeah you're just uh, old man. I'm just old retaining just stuff you know is difficult. yeah every every grey hair that's grown grown you know is, is a memory another memory lost. has disappeared and I think literally the hairs are poking it's in true story that's how, that's how science works yeah. the follicles yeah. of the hair physically grow from dead brain cells and when they go grey that turns the hair grey exactly science kids yeah, yeah. So it's, happening. it's happening if you can't give us five things can you at least nudge around some of your, can, some of the things I that you love it. in okay. life I, the, the one that Jump to mind, film-wise, movie-wise, from start there, as good as anywhere else, was was Love, Liza. Uh, and, wow. you know, the great Philip Seymour Hoffman, who, you know, I, I thought was a fantastic actor. And, you yep. know, um, you know um, uh, and, and I thought that was a wonderful film. Very, very dark, very, very, very black. You know, it was actually a comedy, um, black comedy, but it... it yeah, it's it's hard to see it. It's it's amusing, I think, from the uh, scenarios he gets into. Uh, absolutely, but ultimately, it's a, it's a very serious story about a very serious event. And, so, what, what was this? This was like two thousand, was it? I think that film or something. Like yeah, that. it's going back some time. Something I honestly like couldn't couldn't tell well, you when. Two thousand three, maybe. And, and and I have to say, as I, as I was saying, you know, earlier that you know it's been a long time since I've seen it, and certainly at the time for me that that was something that I you know certainly. Uh, uh, it, it really made a connection with and, you know, I felt was, was something, you know, that, yeah, uh, I, I certainly then would see as something that was part yeah. of me, you know, and would cool. express me well in this kind of a kind of a scenario. But, um, yeah, now I, I don't know. I don't know. But I, maybe that's my gut fighting with my head. That's cool. You know, I don't know. It's a great film. Bob Liza. Yeah. 
Right. But um, going on, um, give me some okay. music. Give me some games. M- music, some music, anything. Music's my most difficult because music for me is probably the absolute. You know, Your that, big that is my that's my big passion, my my, my big love, and, and and yeah, it does it, it changes a lot. I mean, you know, kind of the obvious bands again. I think it popped into my head earlier with the National, and partly that's because uh, you know it came up and I saw on uh, your fantastic uh, uh, list oh, of yes. your albums of the year over on MovieMurmurs.com. Oh, yes. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, you know, and uh, uh, you know that obviously um, yeah, put that into my mind. But uh, you know, certainly Boxer was uh, for me one of the you know greatest albums. Um, I do, you know, have my concerns, but I think that's another podcast. So <laughs> yeah, I, I'll, we'll I'll just, leave that. We'll I'll leave that here. Time. I do tend to ramble, and I apologise. <laughs> that's but, good. Um, uh, so, um, you know, I, I have a very broad music taste. Uh, I go from some very heavy electronic, electronica uh, stuff, right through some like very it? gentle acoustic. What's so, a heavy? Well, give me a heavy. Um, heavy. I mean, would obviously be a lot of the Warp Record stuff. So, Aphex Twin, Boards of Canada, that kind of thing. And Boards of Canada aren't really heavy; they're more ambient. But, yeah, but, you yeah, know, but it's, it's all a dark. Of, 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 of that kind of ilk, you know, heavy and emotional rather than heavy. In instrumental necessarily yeah yeah and i think more more recently uh, uh labels like uh, a border community uh, nathan fake and hmm. uh luke abbott luke abbott who funnily enough um uh, again i'm going off in a ramble but he actually uh, studied uh, uh did a did a kind of art residency around the corner at the weising uh, arts uh, center which is oh, literally yeah. around the corner from where i live um, just to clarify, the, we're in Cambridge, Cambridge United this, Kingdom, right? And, and this, then this was born a small okay. village, sort of just about eight miles off uh, Cambridge. But, but yeah, very interesting place where you know artists, uh, you know, they get residencies and you know cool. they get a studio and accommodation stuff. And it, it was interesting to know that you know he was he was there. It was a very beautiful place. But I actually um, thought of you a couple of days ago because we were watching a film Partisan, and in the opening credits when it had the production companies come up, Warp came up. Oh, right. I did say yeah. records, but it was the Warp the logo warp, warp and it was films, Warp. Yeah. And I didn't realize they were doing film stuff. And yeah, all mm. the music was very Warp throughout yeah. the whole Well, you know, um, um, I, I'm going to forget uh, Four Lines. Oh, which really? Was, yeah, Four, four Lines was released by Warp, warp yeah. Films. Yeah, I believe you might want to verify that. I do believe that was it. No, no, if we say it on this um, podcast, it's fact. So. Yeah, that, that is it. That is cool. how it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, um, sort of right the way through to uh, Nick Drake, John Martin, you know, cool. some more kind of... Uh, Focused stuff and a lot in between, but I'm not gonna, not gonna, not gonna go there. And then um, and moving body and so, uh, what's his name? Oh, fuck it. No, room <laughs> joke. I had a good who, one. Who did you say before that? Do, do, how do you? Oh, I forgot his name now. Wadi 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 Wadi. You remember that guy? Um, let's just move on quickly. <laughs> yeah, moving swiftly, I start crying. Skip to the end. I've forgotten yeah. his name. It was a ridiculous name, and it had Waddy Waddy at the end. There's something familiar. Yeah, I know what you're getting at, but we'll we'll, we'll return to that. Old English crap. Yes. Um, So, um, yeah, and then uh, games. Yeah, give us some games. Yeah, most importantly, of course. Um, Well, this year, Witcher 3. Witcher 3. uh, Absolutely, no doubt about it. And I think when we spoke last time, I was was still in the midst of it, Mm -hmm. still kind of making up my mind. But ultimately, um, you know, nothing, nothing came near Nothing to near it wow near to that for me uh, it was it was it was the writing and i think above all the sense of humor and 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 it was able to to kind of laugh at itself as well it didn't take mm-hmm. anything too seriously but it didn't it didn't go so far as to 
as to feel contrived in that or that it was just being silly you know yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you could you could you could believe in it but at the same time you know it was it was going through a, you know an intense mission and then coming to end of it and some drop drop comment from the character going what the hell you know and it was just so beautifully it's, timed and it it was the yeah. world is so well thought out and obviously there mm. are, you know there's an extensive world behind this because of the books um, yeah that it can then be humorous within the world rather than being humorous at the world kind yeah. of thing because it's it's the world is very established yeah you know? it, it's um it's interesting like because yeah a lot of the witcher 3 obviously in a phenomenal game one of the best games of the year without doubt um and i don't think anyone would ever argue with that but mm. not to a lot of people's taste and it came mm. out and you know had a big everyone loved it and then it kind of went away and i've been really surprised at the end of the year so many critics lists it has been witcher 3 has been the top one yeah. Um, on on almost every critics list, um, and I was just talking with a couple of my friends, uh, like Thomas McCann, who's one of my friends, who's who's been on this podcast, and he was he tried to get into it a whole bunch of times, and just couldn't. He yeah. was just it was too deep, too much stuff going on in it, and he didn't like playing as a different character that he didn't know the history of, and he didn't really relate to, you know, which I can appreciate completely. You're jumping yeah. at number three, and there is a lot with Geralt that if you don't know the back history then yeah you're mm. a little bit well why should i care about him sort of yeah. thing because it does drop you in it, 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 it very much does but i don't think it makes any um assumptions through a lot of the the, the quests that that you that, that you have to know the backstory it, yeah. gives, it gives you enough to 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 accept that this is the world there is a massive law you know there's a, there's a lot to it but you know it it, it I don't know. It, for me, it just didn't matter, and, and and I was able to just accept it as it was. Um, I mean, also, I'd say for me, it, it wasn't something I'd I typically see myself getting that into. Mm -hmm. um, perhaps because of the kind of sheer overness, a kind of the fantasy element, which yeah. is 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 always well, something I. It's got griffins and boobs. Well, it, precisely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, I think again, you know. Uh, ultimately it was it was fun and some of the some of the stories were genuinely affecting yes. uh, and there's you know there's again the um uh i'm gonna forget the forget the name of the guy um oh well i'll come back to another time it's, it's not important but there, there were just some some fantastic plots and even yeah. the expansions and in february i believe the next expansion comes yeah. out and i'm, I'm really excited by that yeah expansion. oh well um, it wasn't on news and i took it off because i was getting confused with everything i was going <laughs> to talk about um yeah not to see you we're just gonna talk no, about witcher no, now no, for a bit in your yeah. segment yeah yeah because i've been putting together you know our end of the year list and stuff and i've really been struggling massively because i haven't we talked about it before on a podcast we had a whole segment where we did it as a spotlight um in the problem with like we're talking about you and i were just off mic talking about tv and there's too much tv and mm. how do you be a part of that conversation and with video games i've always liked open worlds huge open worlds that's all i've ever wanted immersion and open worlds and we really got it because that's all games are now <laughs> open world games everything whether it's meant to be or not it's yeah. all shoehorned into everything nowadays and this year was you know so many from your regular ones like assassin's creed and batman and stuff and then the witcher and the metal gear doing it which mm. you never thought you'd see a metal gear game doing no, what it's done yeah and then obviously fallout and stuff um and particularly between those tent pole three you know the witcher fallout and metal gear uh probably the highest rated games of the year and definitely for open world you know doing very different things but doing the same things as well in many ways mm. um the witcher was by far the one i want to love the most like it really is and i mm. haven't had the time like to put into witcher or metal gear because there's just too many barriers and and with the witcher i've gone back to it so many times and i always know like this is a game you have to sit down you've got to put four hours in pretty mm. much every time you play it because I, every time i come back to it when i haven't played it 
Yeah. The controls make no sense to me. <laughs> the menu system. So I'm playing it with my mom yesterday. I was like, mm. I've got to play a bit more of this game because this is the one I want to be my game of the year because yeah. I love the world, the stories. Genuinely, I find affecting and sad yeah. and beautiful and interesting. Yeah. Um, I love the music. I love the atmosphere. I love that you're riding your horse and you just hear the wind through the trees oh, and the branches yeah. creaking like that. It's so great. It's, it's a it's everything I want. Game, yeah. I'm not yeah. that big fan of third person. You know, I prefer first person, but it's still it's it looks gorgeous and Geralt's mm. interesting enough. I don't think he's great. He's a bit Batmany in his gruff voice. Yeah. <laughs> but but I, I, again, I think that's that to me was a part of how it didn't take itself too seriously. Okay. He's, he's he's almost like a um, I don't know what the term is caricature a, 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 kind of a caricature of himself. Yeah. Like a kind of. And, and and again, I felt that was part of the charm because it was almost so over the top that yeah, you, yeah, you yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah. you just take it kind of for, for, for what it I is. I appreciate that, know? but yeah, yeah, I kind of, I prefer it if it was a little bit more serious for me personally. But yeah. but, but we're playing it on my mum's TV. My mum's TV, you see, it's, it's a big TV. Yeah. I can't remember. I think it's a 50 inch or something. Yeah. Very big TV. We're both sitting there. I was like, I can't read anything <laughs> and everything that came out and they've already done a patch to make everything bigger yeah and it still Can't wasn't read anything. enough and then yeah. I go into the inventory because I was like dying and we're doing well mm. we weren't really fighting and then I go into some scuffs and I just kept dying yeah. I was like fuck my sword then broke and I was like I don't want my fucking sword to break so then I'm trying <laughs> to like, go into my inventory and pick the other swords and all the stats are so small so I have no clue so I'm just mm. picking one at random it broke then I went in and was like, I need to get a potion. And I appreciate I haven't played it for a while. And if I had kept with it, I would remember. I was like, I don't remember how to heal myself anymore. So I'm just eating raw meat <laughs> because I can't figure out what else I'm going to do. And yeah. it's giving me a little bit of health and not really much else. And I was just, this is why every time I go back to The Witcher, it, it frustrates me because I yeah. still want to put it as my top game of the year because of all the yeah. things it does right exactly what I want. But I'm so frustrated every time I play it because it's just too deep for me. I appreciate yeah. some people can do it, but like it's too deep. I don't want all my swords to break. I know I like Far Cry yeah. 2. I like things breaking, but that's yeah. an easy game to play. The yeah. Witch is actually a confusing game to play. And I don't want to look at my inventory and there's 200 pieces of herbs and fabric yeah. and all this stuff. It's I, too much for me. I, I mean, like like you, I mean, I certainly in the earlier stages felt exactly the same. Overwhelmed. I, I, I can't tell. I mean, I've found this of a lot of games. I mean, obviously Fallout 4, you know, uh, a lot of games. And there, there is always this period of kind of settling in, you know. But Fallout, of, there's like, Fallout has no. the same with the management. Definitely. Yeah. It's better with its management. Like Fallout 4 is a better inventory system without a doubt. It's still not perfect, yeah. but better. Yeah. But yeah, but it's very daunting. Like, can you, you watch you, you me know my biggest out? problem talking about the inventory system in, in The Witcher, Witcher 3 was it was slow to navigate the menus. Yep. And that drove me mad because every time you go in, you had to go through a certain uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. sequence sort of the menus of, yeah. to get to where you wanted to. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I've, I've completely gone off, but, no, but no, no. it was very frustrating. Um, yeah. But yeah, I pick up again like Fallout. And I'm saying Fallout, I don't really like the world. I don't really want to explore it. The Witcher world I want to explore. Yeah. But I put way more hours in Fallout because it's just so easy for me to play. It's the right balance for me personally. Of yeah. I can just play this genuinely how I want to play it. The Witcher I can't yeah. at all. And Metal Gear, I definitely can't. And Metal Gear is a gorgeous game. Like yeah. the best looking out of the three of them in terms of just fidelity. Yeah. Um, but it's a very very weird obtuse game and you definitely have to play it the way it wants you to it's like hey here's an open world you gotta be fucking stealthy and I know people are like oh it's cool you don't have to be if you get into a ruckus you can just shoot your way out it feels so unsatisfying yeah. to play Metal Gear like that and to just end up running away and getting on yeah. your horse well I'll, I'll bring it up but you know Syndicate you know very mm. very much the same again you're forced down a certain yep. a certain route really things are know. expected of you yeah exactly uh -huh. but anyway yeah. anyway sorry that was a massive Witcher tangent but just just to finish that off just as I 
touched on before and then yep. my mind went completely blank because I'm an old man. Um, to, to redeem myself from my old man status and become a little bit younger, it was the Bloody Baron missions that I was referring to. Oh, okay. And there's a, there's a particular part, I don't want to go into too much detail, where it essentially touches on domestic abuse. Okay. And, um, and that episode, uh, apart from the utterly absurd kind of ending to it all, okay. which I won't go into detail and which is where my, 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 my wonderful um, partner walked away and couldn't bear to look at the screen anymore. Oh, really? Um, you know, uh, it was it was a fantastic, uh, fantastic bit of, uh, bit of bit of writing and mm. uh, and I think it was those moments for me that really set it, set it apart yep. um, and that ultimately led me to forgive the other nuances because there were bugs, you know, there, there were problems there were frustrations in the in the controls but but yeah but anyway there, there you go i hope i've lost a few few years off my uh my age by, <laughs> of your age. by finally how old, how old remembering are you, that Dan? <laughs> people only hearing you they don't know i'm 17. 17 yeah <laughs> um well some very quickly just names only we won't discuss them we promise what are some of your other favorite games um of all time of all time yeah um uh it's got to be heavy rain. Ooh. It's definitely up there. Coming out next month on PS4 for digital download. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a PS4. Well, so I'm just giving yeah. you the information, dude. That's yeah, all no, I can do to help I you. I know, but it's, it's, it's a problem. Um, uh, very, um, it's very difficult. Um, I, I'm going to say um, a, a lot of that generation of PS3 games. Um, I mean, we're including Uncharted 2 there and yeah. uh, Little Big Planet, and right. you know, they really struck a chord with me. Um, you know, there, there was something special about that 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 generation, and it was a real um, it, it was a real alternative to what was happening in the Xbox world at the time. Mm-hmm. I think. And a lot of them were exclusives and, you know, granted in a typical situation, that should have been something that was frustrating about what Sony was doing. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it did give them something special. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't just these are exclusives that were massive, you know, hugely commercial, you know. Well, like Journey. Th- these were, and- I mean, thank you. Yes, the other yeah, game <laughs> <laughs> that I may have neglected to mention at that point was 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 Journey. Yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna mention Limbo as as well. Oh, yeah. was another lovely one. There are a lot of little indie Xbox titles one. like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, that that was that was Xbox kind of coming back over. Um, I I could keep on going. I, I'm you know I'm not terribly good. But at But it's interesting though that for someone who's obviously you've been playing games since you were a kid, mm-hmm. um, and you're like we've established an old man. Um, <laughs> but you've been playing you know games since cartridge days, and yet you pick out the last generation as one of the most. That's partly because my memory only goes back a certain number of years. <laughs> but I think it's also like because one thing we used to do and I bonded was. We we were got into games for for the same kind of reasons. Really, it was mm. about immersive, immersive, immersiveness and escapism a lot of the time. Yeah, um, not necessarily about a challenge or entertainment sort of thing. Yeah, um, and like we we, we Far Cry Two. Well, for I was a long gonna. Time. Far Cry Two was yeah. on the tip of my tongue again at that point, which is yeah, there, there was something very very special about yeah. that game. I hard think to go back to now. Hard to go back to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, but yeah, there was there was certainly a um, you know a real charm to what it was uh, to, to the atmosphere and to what it allowed you to do. You yeah. Know? Um, and granted, now we're looking back, so there were kind of limited number of things you could do, but yep. they felt amazing and it felt free and hiding in the grass, you know, for for, for hours yeah, to just yeah. just do that first mission. I I remember how how long it took me, and I just creeped around the mountainside finding yeah, yeah, yeah. the best place. And there was genuine freedom in, mm. in that game, genuine freedom, which you do have to an extent in three and four, and three and four are 
gamier games by far uh, yeah. but they do that very very well I actually just went back to 4 uh, yesterday because I just fucking love it I was sitting there and I was like I have all these new games that I'm meant to be playing so I can really get my list together yeah. kind of just want to play Far Cry 4 more <laughs> it's just so yeah there is an honesty to their interaction with stuff where you, yeah you really can you can just sit there wait till it's dark you can mm. just yeah but particularly with Far Cry 3. And the world is, is happening around you. It's, yeah. it's, it's alive, apart from those terrible... Um, oh, the hawk. It's oh, the hawks in 4. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They just, just keep on coming at you. You know what annoys me? It's because it's a cutscene. That's what yeah, frustrates yeah, yeah. me about it. That yeah. really breaks and you can't do anything the, about it. I keep yeah. finding, even last yeah. yesterday, one happened to me. I was like, can I just punch it in the nose somehow <laughs> if I hit it just right? It's like, nope. Yeah. Those like the dogs in Call Out. Uh, sorry, Call of Duty. Call Out. <laughs> So that's, it's that's a the, new game series. It's a new Call of Duty Fallout <laughs> crossover uh, but, um, where you play a really real angry army man who gets trapped <laughs> in a nuclear <laughs> shelter and eventually gets out to find there's no one left to kill. It's so sad. <laughs> I mean, the final two games I'll mention, but we'll, we'll just brush over. Yep. I'm obviously going to have to say AC2, Assassin's Creed 2, um, which I just, yeah, at the time, was, was just You'll get a chance to talk about Assassin's and, Creed uh, later in this I show. Will, uh, I will at some point you know, go off on my massive uh, rant about Assassin's Creed. We can, and, we're like, going to come to that later on. Yeah. So. And finally, um, it would, um, uh, it's completely gone. doesn't matter. Continue. I love that game. <laughs> All good. right. We're going to start the podcast <laughs> as we do every week uh, with a little thing we like to call Nate's Blowdown. Nate's Blowdown. <sighs> It's just me blind into the microphone which, now. Which Nate is that? Uh, this is Nate, my friend Nate, who uh, normally runs our movie news section. Right. Um, and then I hand over the games news. He's not around, so I'm going to do it. Excellent. So here we go. Excellent. We have nine or ten things to talk about quickly with the film news. I'm also not going to talk about the entire holiday period that we're out for because there's a lot <laughs> of news. I'm just going to talk about pretty much last week or if there's anything big. Uh, so today that we do this podcast is actually January 15th. And on this very day, J.J. Abrams shocked everyone uh, with the reveal of a secret project called 10 Cloverfield Lane, which is turning out to be a potential pseudo-sequel. Well, no, it's a definite pseudo-sequel uh, to 2008's Cloverfield film. Do you ever see this film? I'm afraid I didn't. It's a really yeah. good found footage, footage film. Mm. Um, so he's been sitting on this little project called 10 Cloverfield Lane. No one knew anything about it. He suddenly oh. comes out, drops a trailer on us, like a full proper trailer, wow. a poster... Um, and then says it'll be out in March. So it's out in a month and a half on March the 11th. It stars Mary Elizabeth Winstead, John Goodman, and it's directed by Dan Trackenberg, who's the guy who directed the awesome Portal fan film and then got grabbed by Universal um, and then disappeared for five years and no one's known what happened to him. Well, they kidnapped him and apparently they're making him to to create this very strange sort of sequel that looks very different Um, and they're definitely keeping a lot under under their hats so to speak abraham has quote called it a blood relative um, and the posters colors and tagline definitely look the same as uh, clovefield and the tagline is sorry monsters come in many forms which is kind of yeah interesting i do remember the um uh, the videos for cloverfield i mean they were the shaky cam weren't they? yeah they it's essentially very, so. it was godzilla as a found footage film essentially yeah. but yeah but at the, the time no one knew what it was going to be it yeah. was all hinting at it it took a long time before you knew oh, <laughs> the irony is I, I still don't know what still it's going to be well, consider it a fan <laughs> but yeah uh, number news two that's news two <laughs> the sequel it is a, is a progression uh, it's a theme of the theme of today's show we'll move forward uh, we'll get for it George Miller, uh, the director of all the Mad Max films, including the uh, recently hugely lauded Mad Max Fury Road, 
road, uh, which is up for a lot of Oscars this week, uh, has come out to clarify he does want to make another Mad Max film, despite all the rumors that he won't. He merely doesn't want it to be his next project. Quote, all I said is that it won't be the film that I do next. I'd like to do something smaller, quick, before I go back to the wasteland. So all the people who got really upset because he said he won't do any more Mad Max. <laughs> Looks like he is. Director of Happy Feet. Happy Feet 2. Oh, really? And Babe. Oh, Directed the all city. the Mad Max films. I think he did pick, I think he did be at both babes. Yeah. Huh? Fantastic. Yeah. News news is three. Not content with getting a cautious crowd excited for the film Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice with the evocative clip of Superman demasking Batman a few months ago and then diffusing all excitement by releasing an overly revealing trailer packed with spoilers about a month ago, Warner Brothers and Zack Snyder have just revealed yet another clip uh, as of yesterday, I think, this time revealing even more of the story. So if you're in a Batman vs. Superman and you feel like you're being tugged backwards and forwards, I would say avoid the clip because <laughs> we really we know everything now. It's ridiculous. They're just showing off everything with this film, um, mm. unless it's six hours long and they're hiding a ton of stuff. <laughs> There's so few surprises. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a bad habit to get into, you know, giving away man. all that much for film. You know, and it just seems like they're making another. It doesn't seem like they've got a marketing plan. It really just seems, you know, oh, we finished this clip. Awesome. Let's just put just that out. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, news number four: Sylvester Stallone has officially hung up his hat as Rambo oh. so he's still playing uh, Rocky as the, did you see the film Creed uh, was just just came out I know you haven't seen it did you see it's come out I'd, I'd, I'm going to at this point mention that I have recently had a, had a baby yep. he's uh, 10, <laughs> 10 months old I, I'm a little bit out of the loop it'll uh, be a learning experience for you yes uh, so Creed is um, a sequel to Rocky in many ways but it focuses on Apollo Creed's son which was in one of the Rocky sequels he fought a dude and it's that guy's son and blah 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 yeah um, and it seemed like a weird tangential 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 weird tangential you know just really struggling for ties um, and instead it turned out to be a superb movie that's getting Oscar right. nominations and all this stuff fantastic but Sylvester Stallone while he probably will still continue to play Rocky in some form or another he will not be playing Rambo again um, and it's going to be a Rambo TV show if you like Muscly Men in Jungles. What's that? News number five. Ryan Coogler, who directed Creed, Mm. we were just talking about, officially... Look how well I I pushed those together. I I stopped because I was surprised (laughs) that I managed to tie those together. Uh, Is officially now helming Marvel's Black Panther uh, movie. Uh, He had this to say about it. Open quote. I'm excited. I grew up very into pop culture, very into comic books, so it's something that is just as personal to me as the last couple of films I was able to make. I feel really fortunate to be able to work on something I'm this passionate about again, end quote. Uh, Yeah, Marvel has spent a good part of half a year to a year searching for a black director for their film Black Panther starring a black actor. And we on the podcast have gone into a few times of diversity is great, obviously. Yeah. Gender is great. Yeah. Equality on all things. Forced equality <laughs> bothers me a little bit. Yeah. And they were purposely only interested in a black director for Black Panther. Happy to report they do seem to have got a good one because uh, he seems like a good fit for the project, I think. Yeah. Um, so cool. Uh, number six or whatever the fuck we are. Uh, Netflix is shutting down all VPN proxies that allow you to view Netflix content from alternate countries. They say their goal is for a global service as this move clearly does not indicate. Uh, David Fulligar, Netflix's Vice President of Content Delivery Architecture, 
which is quite a line to give to a lady in a nightclub, <laughs> uh, said this. Open quote. We are making progress in licensing content across the world. And as of last week, we're now able to offer the Netflix service in 190 countries. But we have a ways to go before we can offer people the same films and TV series everywhere. I mean, this is this is the problem with Netflix, really, isn't it? It's so unbalanced in their offerings, you know. And, and the UK Netflix is is a completely different yeah. kettle of fish. It's completely different. To, yeah. And, uh, yeah. and to the Canadian one is, the Japanese one is. The problem is, I appreciate it. Licensing is very complicated. It really is. Um, and they're probably being lent on by by different companies. Say, hey, look, we're going to stop dealing with you unless you shut down these fucking you know, yeah. sites that let people to access your content when you haven't licensed it from that country. But the problem with Netflix is when they come out like this and they say, "We have, as of last week, we now offer Netflix service in 190 countries. What you offer is a service in that it works, which as we were mm. talking about earlier off mic, fantastic. Netflix just works yeah. pretty much no matter what your connection is. Yeah. That's really what you're offering because otherwise Netflix doesn't mean anything because that service is different from country to country. It's not the same service. It's yeah. different films, different TV shows. There's nothing ubiquitous about that yeah. at all other than the name comes up. And then it works. Yeah. But the selection is, well, I might as well be using a completely different well, service provider. I, I mean, again, you know, I haven't really experienced much of the US Netflix, but but certainly in the UK, uh, you know, I have to admit, of all the services out there, we eventually got bored. Yeah. Um, you know, I found I was spending a lot more time hunting for something to watch than actually watching things. And, uh, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. And, and, and that, I mean, that's partly a sign of our times, you know, that's, that's, that's just that's, too much choice. It's just well. too much choice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you know, I also felt that that was more prevalent for us with, with, with Netflix. So right. the one thing I've always stood by is, um, the documentaries they offer, uh, maybe the same in your, in America, yeah, I don't know, but ones. the documentaries over here are fantastic. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. There's always something in there to and their original content. Uh, now it's great. Like their, their TV mm. shows, they make fantastic. Yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, things like, you know, last series of Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, you know, you mm-hmm. know, saw on there. That's coming back, like, isn't it? Narcos and they've got, you know, Daredevil. They've got such a great yeah. range now of different stuff. Um, yeah. I generally think they're a brilliant service provider and they're doing great movies now as well. Um, yeah. And I, and actually, um, cost-wise, they're, they're still, I think they're yeah. still about the lowest. Still yeah. yeah, which yeah. they can't afford to be because yeah. um, they don't want you in the lead. Easy to stay in the lead, really. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I love I love Netflix as a service. I actually, I really do. I support yeah. them. But got to get that licensing sorted out, man. Yeah. You got to make it yeah. an option for people to pick where you want what from. Yeah. Number seven, um, the Narnia franchise is being rebooted after a fairly successful trilogy of films that finished in 2010. The fourth book, uh, what's that called? The Silver Chair, I think, in the fourth book. Wow. Um, in a fantasy series, is now coming to the silver screen. But as producer Mark Gordon said recently during a junket. Open quote, no. It's all going to be a brand new franchise, all original, all original characters, different directors, and an entire new team that this is coming from, end quote. Um, which actually makes me kind of excited. I, I, I don't think that's a bad thing. No. I, I've got to say, I, you know, I found it quite cringeworthy to watch, um, you know, going back to Wind in the Willows. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, for me, it's of a, of a similar ilk. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, yeah, I'd like to see a kind of fresher tape, perhaps a more serious, a more kind of yeah. darker. Yeah, they were all right, the films for the, kids, but they were yeah, very much good they, films. They were fine. Like. It's the kind of thing, you know, I, I want to watch when, you know, we're home for Easter or, yeah. you know, or something like that. A lazy roast, Sunday roast afternoon. Meal, lazy Sunday afternoon, you know, after a beer. Yeah, it's perfect. They were yeah. brewski. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree, actually. And particularly since they're not going back to the beginning and saying, let's start again. 
They're actually mm. continuing. Well, I prefer they've done that because, yeah. you know, I, I could almost imagine, I could, I could easily imagine this news being yeah. very different. Let's just right go back to yeah. Lionwood's wardrobe, yeah. start again, try it differently. Yeah. And that would be, that would bore me. But and that, to be, no, we're going to keep moving forward. That's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, no, that's, 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 that's good. Yeah. There's enough content. They can do that. Number eight, Darth Vader, who's been rumored uh, to be in Gareth Edwards' upcoming Star Wars Rogue One. Sorry, I've read all this incorrectly. <laughs> Darth Vader okay. has been rumoured to be Karen Edwards' <laughs> upcoming Star Wars Rogue One for a few months now, uh, which would make sense given the timeline. But with the recently released shortlist of actors being considered to play the young Han Solo in the upcoming uh, Solo movie, rumours are now flooding in that Han Solo himself may have a cameo in the new Star Wars Rogue One at the end of this year. Mm-hmm. So the facts of this is with just a month of shooting left, that's all Gareth Edwards... Um, uh, has left of shooting his Star Wars Rogue One, but they can always go back for some reshoots as they always do with movies. Like Remind this. me, that's Gareth Edwards, the one who used to be not my friend, <laughs> but no. I bothered and he would always reply. He's my mentor without yeah. really knowing he was my of, mentor of monsters, of monsters, monster. okay, yeah, Godzilla, yeah. and now Star Wars Rogue One. That's been his trajectory wow, of three what months. What a what a career! He's doing all right, yeah, and he still replies to my email sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm very lucky. Fantastic. Um, so yeah, he's in his last month of shooting Rogue One, and the untitled Han Solo anthology film, which I believe has been done by the Lego Movie guys, mm-hmm. opens in 2018. So if they're casting the young Han Solo now, I mean it could be possible because you might want to shoot end of this year, beginning of 2017, do post, get it out for 2018. Does make sense, but. I feel that this seems correct. They, they might be getting a little cameo of Han Solo in there somewhere in the Rogue One um, movie. <laughs> That's all I have to say about it. <laughs> uh, final piece I'm of news. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not qualified to be commenting. I, I still haven't even seen the latest. You're the one person yeah. who hasn't yeah. even seen The Force Awakens. Yeah. Um, Funniest news of the Oscar nominations came out this week. A little bit old hat probably by the time people listen to this. I'm going to rally through ones i think not the most important but just the most relevant or you know whatever the big ones uh so we're gonna go backwards and i'm gonna start with the big thing okay for best original score we have thomas newman for bridget spies carter burwell for carol ennio morricone for the hateful eight johan johansson you remember that guy yeah for sicario and john williams for star wars the force awakens um I appreciate you might not have seen a whole bunch of these. I'm going to say what I think she'll win each one. If you want to chime in, feel free. Okay. Johan Johansson. She get an Oscar. Yeah. Because <laughs> fuck me, dude. I yeah. love that guy. Yeah. And he writes yeah. beautiful music. Sincerely, some of the best score ever. Yeah. But um, he's a, for me, he's a name. He's a bit of a blast from the past. Mm. Johan Johansson. Well, he's yeah. been doing movies for quite some time. Yeah. Okay. Um, he does. He does. Because I only know him for his album. So, I mean, that's, uh, I, I mean, unless I'm completely off on a No, he does his albums as well. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't really do them yeah. anymore. Um, yeah. So people, a lot of the way actually most people know him is he did the music for the trailer that conned everyone into thinking Battle Los Angeles was going to be a great film, um, and it's this gorgeous piece. It was, it was it's a really beautiful piece of music. Um, but for movies, he did a bunch of stuff with the director of Sicario. He did Prisoners, I believe. Um, but then he did what did he do? How here we go? Prisoners. Uh, he did the Theory of Everything as well. Um, didn't he do who's the guy who did A Waltz with Bashir is that someone else oh um, 
I don't think that was him. That was the other guy, yeah. wasn't it? Again, yeah. modelled up sometimes. Yeah. Um, that was that was a sensational yeah. film. It really was. Yeah, animation. Yeah. Uh, but Sakara is a great film, and the music is fantastic in that film. Yeah. Um, I think he should win. Best cinematography is Carol, uh, Ed Lackman, The Hateful Eight, Robert Richardson, Mad Max Fury Road, John Seal, The Revenant, Emmanuel Lubezki, and Sicario, Roger Deakins. In my opinion, The Revenant should win Best Cinematography. Um... Then we have the Revenant. The Revenant. Um, it's just coming out here in the UK. Actually, it's not yeah. quite out here yet. It's the new Leonardo DiCaprio and the director. Um, oh god, damn it! Um, who did Birdman last year and won the Oscar for that? Yeah. Um, and he's a Spanish guy, and he did. What did he do? I apologise. We're going for another of these looking something up on the internet. Yeah, moments. sorry. It's <laughs> I, I complete because I get him modelled up with the dude who. Um, his name's Alejandro Inaritu, I think. I don't know quite how you pronounce it. He did Babel. Um, he did Beautiful. Um, and he did, yeah, uh, he did 21 Grams. And he did a okay. Morris Perez. It's that guy. Yeah. Um, Beautiful. This is a sensational film. It was done with no no lighting or anything, just natural light. And All it right. took six months to film in like the worst snow conditions and stuff. It's, it's incredible. Wow. Yeah. Um, and Leonardo DiCaprio really pushes himself he does crazy stuff in this he had to like swim through properly freezing um, rapids and and eat raw fish out of rivers and just (laughs) crazy things it's a question for you I don't know if I'm one of the few people who thinks that Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio never really gets older he's kind of seems to be there's something there's something yeah timeless about him if you you like he just got get a child's face yeah Uh, best actress is Kate Blanchett for Carol, Brie Larson for Room, Jennifer Lawrence for Joy, Charlotte Rampling for 45 Years, and Suez Ronan, I think it's pronounced it, for Brooklyn. Um, I think Brie Larson should win that for Room. Best actor is Brian Cranston for Trumbo, Matt Damon for The Martian, Leonardo DiCaprio for The Revenant, Michael Fassbender for Steve Jobs, and Eddie Redmayne for The Danish Girl. I, I still haven't seen that Steve Jobs. I'd probably say Michael so. Fassbender for Steve Jobs. I think he's yeah. pretty exceptional. Right? I, I quite like Michael Fassbender. Yeah, yeah, he's great. Tented, yeah. Um, best director is Adam McKay for The Big Short, George Miller, Mad Max, Fury World, uh, Alexand- Alejandro Gonzalez, Inaritu, <laughs> have you said it? The Revenant, <laughs> Lenny Abrahamson, Room, and Tom McCarthy, Spotlight. <sighs> for directing, I would say probably Alejandro for The Revenant uh, for me. And then best picture itself. These aren't my predictions of what it's actually going to get, by the way. These are just what, how yeah. I would do it. <laughs> and best picture. you got The Big Short, Bridge of Spies, Brooklyn, Mad Max, Fury Road, The Martian, The Revenant, Room, and Spotlight. And from that lot, I would definitely give it to The Revenant. Without a doubt. Um, I think Spotlight's massively overrated. I haven't seen Brooklyn yet, admittedly. thought Big Short was fine. Um, the Room was very, very good, but yeah the reference is definitely the best one there it's really interesting to see Mad Max get so much because it's a huge huge like sort of a commercial comic booky film yeah and you just don't ever get into Oscars yeah that's the movie news we did it we got we through it. it guess what game news now oh, <laughs> hold your breath amazing yeah alright not so much here we've only got six or seven things Number one, news today is that Hitman, which has been flip-flopping back and forth between the new one having episodic content or just being released as a full game, it's been confirmed it will be fully episodic content, uh, which starts to release on March 11th, and then gradually they'll release more and more locations for you to explore, basically levels by level, I think is really how they're doing this. 
Uh, there's going to be a collector's edition, which includes a 10-inch Agent 47 Chessmaster statue, a hardcover 60-page art book, re- a little red tie, and a clip set, so you can become him, <laughs> and a special box. It's going to cost you $140 or £110. And if you don't like the stuff that's in the collector's edition, I think you can blame yourself, because I think they did a poll where you could pick what you wanted. And oh, right. They made it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's coming out. Hey, man. Have you seen anything about the new one? No. No, looks, not, looks not, beautiful. Yet. not yet. Not yeah. yet. beautiful. You keep talking for a second about your feelings on him, man. I'll get it up. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I mean, I've, I've, it's been a long time since I've actually played a Hitman game. Um, I mean, going back, would it be the Agent uh, something or other? can't remember. 47, was it? I, it was very early. It was earlier in the series, certainly when I when I had a had a, had a player with it, and and yeah, I, I enjoyed what it was trying to do. I always did. Uh, I think what frustrated me was there was no real, you know, there were different ways you could approach things, but they were all essentially scripted, um, mm-hmm. and I never really felt like I was there and I was making a decision. But I mean, arguably, you could apply that same logic to a lot of the, certainly the stealth-oriented games. Is that really they're they're building blocks and they're they're going to be pointing you in a certain route, um, and um, you know, so it's uh, it's it's doing it a disservice saying that because I know certainly when it came out there wasn't a lot of other games that were offering that yeah, kind it was of serious experience. In a way that was yeah. At the time um and and you know certainly at that point again you know that that kind of stealth genre was a bigger thing it was a fresher thing and um yep. you know uh, it was it, it was it was definitely enjoyable but i never played one through to the end uh, really? i never okay. i never had the commitment to it and there are uh, weird things like there's the flavor of them that i find quite exciting um and it's weird particularly as we get progressively into bigger and bigger open world games for some reason, I find it really appetizing. Um, the last one, Absolution, went off the boil a bit because it got all more mm. shootery. Uh, but Blood Money, before it was an excellent game, I really enjoyed that on 360. Um, yeah. And there is something kind of satisfying just about you drop in, here's a different little location, mm. you know, a little open world, but only a small one. Um, figure it out and do it how you want to do it kind of thing. It's, and I think I think what gets me um, is is that sense. And, and again, you know, partly this is where we are in terms of gaming and, and mechanics, but I don't really feel like I'm doing anything if I'm learning my lesson by being killed. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and uh, you know, I think that's where a game like Dark Appar- Souls yeah. uh, is, is obviously a great example where, you know, pretty much the entire process is do something, get killed, mm-hmm. learn from your mistake, do something, get killed again. Mm-hmm. And that and that's how it continually goes. And um, for me, I want to feel like I'm, you know, string, stringing things together. Like it's it's my skill. It's me, me right. thinking ahead to, to deal with a situation. And, and I feel that that's something... Again, I think that perhaps uh, Far Cry 2 yeah. had an element of where I felt like I had a whole series of tools at my disposal and I could approach it how I wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you really, in the best Hitman, like in Blood Money, that definitely was how you could do it. And if you yeah. fucked up, you could get out and okay. you know, reassess yeah. and then it did a stupid kind of computer gamey thing where people went, oh, there wasn't a man just fumbling <laughs> through a window with a chef's hat on and a butcher's yeah. knife, you know. <laughs> um, but it was great because it made it more enjoyable. Yeah. Um, I honestly really, I prefer, Hitman for me is probably the best stealth. I don't really like Deus Ex for stealth. Yeah. I don't like Metal Gear for stealth. Like Hitman for me works pretty well um, because yeah. you can dress right up and walk straight through people and con people. And yeah, um, and yeah, I'm not saying always, but when it does work, it's quite satisfying. I yeah. have a little trailer here for you while I talk about the next thing. Cool. So you can... Uh, turn the sound down. 
Um, this year, this is a little bit of information. Over forty-six million dollars were pledged to Kickstarter for video games in twenty fifteen. Dan's looking impressed by the graphics of Hitman. That's, it's pretty. That's actually, it? genuinely stunning. Yeah. Now we're just watching the Hitman trailer. <laughs> you can play golf. <laughs> you can go to church. <laughs> you can wear a red tie. What else can you do? You can peek around corners at people having cigarettes <laughs> and try and sneak an e-cigarette into their mouth, probably. You can follow sexy chefs. <laughs> you can walk on roofs. The, all these activities are confirmed. You can rub your cheek against the wall. <laughs> 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 Apparently, you can only walk in slow motion, though. That seems to be the criteria of Hitman. Very pretty game. Very stylish game. I like the art style a lot. I like the colors. Mm. This one, I believe, is all set in one place, though. Which mixes things up, because I kind of like the world hopping before. Maybe I'm mistaken with that. But it's going to be episodic. Yeah. I find that weird. Yeah, I don't like that. very jarring. Yeah, um, I agree. Uh, and I, I don't get me wrong, that's not to, uh, you know, say... I'm sure it's going to be a, a fantastic game. Uh, you know, it, it looks stunning. You know, they've obviously put a lot of effort in. Yep. But episodic... But hey, man, uh, when yeah. has episodic games ever not worked out? Speaking of episodic games, <laughs> Half-Life writer Mark Laidlaw <laughs> retired from Valve this week. Um, so this dude, I think he's been working there. He's been working there for a long time. We were, we were going to say 20 years and just go with that. Yeah, 20 years. 20 years. 20, 20 50 years, years 20 maybe. 20 years, man. That's the same time we've known each other. Uh, 20 years. He, uh, yeah, he does. He, yeah. He's been writing pretty much all the Half-Life stuff, obviously not on his own. Well, he, he um, kind of stopped writing after a little while. Uh, yeah, generally. so this is something people have been talking about. Is, as a writer at Valve, now people at Valve wear many hats, so they mm. do a lot of different jobs, I appreciate that. But as someone who is credited as a writer at Valve, what the fuck do what you do he, for the last 10 do? years? Yeah, because exactly. they haven't been writing anything. Yeah. All their games, like even Dota and stuff, sure, there's some world building, but there's not mm. narrative. There no. isn't. Um, so unless this signals something and this is what I mean, maybe this is why he left he was bored but this is the but this is the thing this is what the fever is now with people is that there are people of oh this means it's done this mm. means there's no half-life 3 ever coming mm. if there is it's going to be a different team who make it valve and not touching that yeah the flip side of that coin is he's left because he's finished his job which was writing half-life 3 so the flip side of that is potentially <laughs> he's left now because what he had left to he's do given is finished the, the story. and he has no more he needs to add to what they're doing with the game and it doesn't mean because a writer doesn't need to stay there till the end of production on a video game no, no. Um, particularly if he's just decided you know what I've been doing this long enough I've given you the meat you guys can figure out you know the rest well it's not going to be episodic in that case well I guess it no. could be Half-Life 3 will be it. If, yeah. if, if Half-Life 3 ever comes out and it's so fucking infuriating mm -hmm. that every gamer and every gamer critic in the world can have this conversation and none of mm -hmm. us know yeah and there is a whole team of people who know they know if this is even a consideration if it's finished if they've made it and then decided no that was shit let's not really like <laughs> we have no clue and how yeah. is that possible um but if it's ever released, it will definitely be this is a full game and it's yeah halfway free and that's it yeah i you know i they've really got to pull something out of the bag now yeah, i mean if, if they did it i mean what expectations to to, to live up to and you know i, I know from myself i'd be expect I, I don't know what i'd be expecting maybe i'd be expecting it to not 
be what I want it to be anymore. Yeah. Um, you, because, you know, you, you go back to, you know, Half-Life 2, you, you look at how linear it essentially mm-hmm. is. It's it's a very, it, it, don't get me wrong, it plays with that so beautiful, that yeah. be- beautifully. You really feel... <laughs> can't talk anymore um but you, you genuinely you, you feel like you're in those worlds you know yep. you know but but you don't feel the temptation to walk off the beat beaten no. path in the same way yeah i hope they wouldn't be tempted to make it open world because half-life doesn't need mm. to be open world it was always open world enough maybe mm. yeah you need to expand that a little bit more for modern generation but it, uh, it was about the narrative yeah it's it? fine it was, being uh, more like yeah. a corridor experience it's it's about narrative and the atmosphere and how intelligent your characters are and mm. graphically it was never really the best it just had incredible design like great design with, yeah. with everything um and the end of episode two is so good mm. so good and a fucking cliffhanger <laughs> yeah it's yeah. it's ridiculous anyway uh so yeah he left that's happy for him i guess yeah um, i would say sad for us but they're not writing anything these days well so I, who cares? yeah we don't know really. if we have or haven't lost out on anything really exactly um, yeah in related news and potentially more sad for us but not for, for not for him is leslie benzies uh, has left rockstar he was a producer of every grand theft auto game since number three he also did red dead la noir max Payne mm. three mm. um really one of the critical guys over there at rockstar definitely put a lot of soul into the gta universe um yeah, and he went on sabbatical, and I believe now he's just parting ways with them. Uh-huh. That's yeah. I mean, Red you know, Dead Two is slated. Or at least Red Dead Two has never been year. announced. It's never been formally announced. So the, oh. the thing that both of these companies have in common, because they're the two, Rockstar and Valve mm. are unlike any other video game companies in the world. They're like the Radiohead, you know, <laughs> of video game companies. They come out when they want. They do whatever yeah. the fuck they want, and everyone, you know, still likes them for yeah. it somehow. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't put it past either of these. So the Half-Life guys, um, I, I, I just if Half-Life 3 ever comes out, you'll wake up and it will be on Steam. <laughs> you yeah. know, it won't be. There won't be advertising. They won't be talking about it. it they won't be, show yeah. a trailer. Yeah. It'll just be, hey, it's here. We've dropped it. And there it yeah. is. Um, and no, they won't do that with Red Dead. But I fully expect when Red Dead comes, and I pray it's this year because we've been now three years since GTA 5 first came out, and obviously it's a different team. Yeah. Um, so the team at Rockstar, Santa Monica, I think, are they the ones who work on Red Dead? It's an American team. Um, they have been working on this for years, if it's been in development. And if it hasn't, it's been very quiet at their studio. Yeah. So what they've got to be working on something. And this is what makes perfect sense. You know, everyone loves Red Dead is still cited as one of the greatest I, uh, video games you of the know, it's, it's And it it's, is one it's of the gotta, greatest video it's games happen. They we, have to be making it. And we said the same about Half-Life 3, but you know... It's, yeah, but uh, no, yeah. but yeah. Rockstar like money. Yeah. <laughs> Valve yeah. having so much money, they don't like yeah. money anymore, I think. Yeah, there's, there's nothing to indicate um, that anything would stall. No. Um, you know, and it's been a long um, time now. So I I wouldn't put it past E3 to come. And and they don't do E3 like Rockstar, but E3 will come and go. Mm. And then they'll just suddenly come out, you know, in September. And be, hey, guess what? Red Dead's coming out next month. Yeah. Like I can't, I completely want to put it past them to do that, and then yeah. it'll be delayed until twenty seventeen <laughs> March or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I have a really good feeling the next Red Dead, whatever, is coming. So you have Red Dead Revolver, Red Dead Redemption. What should it be called next? Red Dead Revival, Red Dead Research Team, <laughs> Red Dead. I made a good list once. It was a really because uh, they have to have a finite amount of sequels that they can make because it's only so much alliteration. Yeah. Yeah. Psychonauts 2 
has been fully funded on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Um, you ever played Psychonauts? I haven't. I haven't. No. I only played it later. I got into it much, much later. It is a good game. It has a lot of character and soul. Yeah. Um, it might buy those fine folk over at Double Fine. Oh. Um, who you're, you should you like Double yeah, Fine? So. Yeah, Tim Tim, Sha- Tim, Tim Schafer, Schafer, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Monkey Island. Mm-hmm. Fame. Yeah. Do yeah. I know? I'm going to try and um, I shouldn't really say this on the podcast because I haven't done it yet. And yeah. If anyone ever listens, but I have a couple of very nice friends who work uh, Double Fine. Uh, oh, right. One of them was actually the artist on a lot of the Broken Age stuff. Oh uh, wow! Which is yeah. one of my favorite games of the year. Beautiful game. Yeah. Um, and I want to try and get them on the podcast to do like an interview. Um, and next time in San Francisco, they said I can go around to Double Fine and oh, have fantastic. a look around the studio and stuff. Wow, that'd be amazing, yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Very lucky to know nice people. Yeah. Um, Oculus Rift is what everyone's oh. been talking about this year. Sorry, this year, this week. 500 pounds? 600 dollars, 500 pounds, because, you know, that's how it doesn't yeah, work yeah, it doesn't at work. all. It doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, we always get it even more expensive. You guys are moaning about it in America. You don't know what it's like. You don't know what it's like. Yeah, we, we, get we, the... we normally just get it. Hey, guess yeah. what? $600? 600 pounds. <laughs> Which is not how conversion rates no. work. Yeah. Um, Oculus Rift costs $600. It's going to ship in May 2016. It's a Dan. You're, you used to be primarily a PC gamer before you yes. moved to console. Yeah. You still play some PC? Um, very rarely, because I only have a MacBook because now. Because it's stupid and, uh, and yeah. you understand. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> how do you feel about the Oculus Rift? As a, yeah, how do you, this is the year of VR. I, next I'd, I'd, I'd next. certainly have more of an opinion if when we were at Eurogamer a few years ago, we had actually stood in that queue and waited <laughs> for, <laughs> for probably the most important thing that was there, yep. you know, in many ways. Um, you know, what, what certainly more important than Call of Duty Ghosts, which I think was the uh, big... Yeah, we didn't, yeah. we didn't queue up for that one in the end, though. No, no, no. We didn't. queued up for Wolfenstein. Uh, Wolfenstein Destiny. Oh, Destiny. Destiny only had a kind of... Uh, oh, and I was conned by the Dying Light. Um, oh, yeah, thing. Dying Light. And that was, yeah, that was all a bit phenomenal, disappointing. And yeah. now I'm don't really like it. Yeah. So, yeah. Oculus Rift. O- Oculus the Rift, yeah. VR, the, the most uh, advanced VR, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, I mean... $600. How do you feel? Being the first of its kind... Um, I, I, I think it needs more time to mature. I mean, it's going to be some time until things properly use it. I mean, look at Connect. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Connect's a perfect example. You know, it's it's now a really great infrared uh, transmitter for yep. my TV. Um, you know, I occasionally turn it on when I feel the guilt after eating too much at Christmas and want to want to get fit, um, yeah. but don't really want to commit myself to a gym. Um, I I don't want to see it go the same way because I think it's really interesting, exciting technology. Um, um, I whether or not it's the future or it's a gimmick, I I just can't comment until I actually try it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean that that pricing that's just a that's so much money. It's, much. it's just so much money. Yeah. So yeah. here's so I used Oculus Rift at E3 this year um, or last year or whatever. Um, yeah, it's great. I've not, I have no doubt that VR is the future. I don't think it's necessarily for gaming to the future. I think it's, it yeah. has to find a niche as for entertainment and for experiences and then for very important things like, uh, you know, uh, people in wheelchairs who want to experience something or people, yeah. you know, in underprivileged societies who want to, you know, the different experiences that you can funnel through virtual reality is very important and I think it will be integrated more in a social way than an entertainment way maybe um, I played the Adrift game on it the one that's like gravity it's all in space and you're floating yeah. around felt very sick because yeah. <laughs> you're kind of controlling <laughs> it with a pad as well as your head and that that's really strange, made me feel yeah. weird 
Uh, also, it just looked like TVs in my eyeballs, uh, which yeah. was convincing enough, but you can see the lines, the scan lines, and mm. didn't feel good enough to me at all. That was a prototype. It wasn't the final, final one. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of problems with Oculus Rift and all that stuff, but they're coming. So the real thing is, is it a price worth $600? People are moaning about it a lot. I think there are two problems with this. One problem is that, yes, it's worth $600 because it's an expensive piece of hardware. And they've already said they are eating shit for this. Like when this comes out, they don't make a dollar of mm. any unit sold. They're selling it at cost. So 600 is yeah. just how much it costs them to make it. They can't do anything else, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, it's worth that much because that's how much it costs them to make it. And it's an expensive piece of hardware. It's like buying a PC, you know? Do you people moan that a good PC costs $1,000? Yes, they do. But but should they? My understanding is it's not just the Oculus Rift, is it? I mean, that in itself, you, you need a PC. Yeah, you need a PC and then and you, can you need, need games. a high-end PC, right? Yeah, high-end yeah, PC I, and you need games. They're selling this in a pack, I think, for $1,500 with a high enough-end PC, um, yeah. which obviously prompts a high-end PC you need is about $1,000 for this thing. Um, it's... Yeah, but the thing is, you know, it's an exclusive piece of hardware mm. for people who want to be involved with this from day one and if you don't get into it five years down the line where it'll be cheaper and better and there'll be alternatives there'll be competition yeah. on the market I mean, you got the, you know. the sony vr or playstation vr um which isn't quite as good to see but um, it's probably going to be a bit yeah. cheaper we'll see you've got the obviously phone ones like the galaxy's probably their one which obviously yeah. is not at all the same thing but it's still all right and it costs a hundred dollars there's a cardboard one I think I saw as well. Which yeah, is it's, a, yeah, it's a phone. And you got the Valve phone, one, yeah. which is Vibe. Vibe. I forget yeah. the names anymore. Yeah. Um, but Oculus Rift is still always seen as like that's the the best the pinnacle, quality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the problem with it costing six hundred dollars isn't that it's not worth that. It's worth that. Why should everyone have access to it? You know, it's an expensive piece of kit. Hmm. That's just what it is. It's not for everyone. It's a premium piece of hardware. But the problem with that is that it costs. Um, <sighs> It depending on what rig, I guess it. But it costs over half what your, your you know, what your hardware is going to cost to mm. run it, which is a problem. I think mm. you know it's it's it, it, it's it, a problem because it, it, it I think it's also a problem because it looks at the future of what how much is the PlayStation going to cost? Because mm. the PlayStation VR isn't quite as advanced as the Oculus Rift, but it is advanced. It's a very competent piece of kit, and it's like, well, what are they going to do if they're anywhere near this price? it won't work because the PlayStation 4 itself now is what, $350? Yeah. So you can't price your peripheral well, above your th hardware. Well, I was going to say, I mean, it is fundamentally an accessory. Yeah. And, but and, the PC, that just about makes sense because the PC is going to be more expensive still. Yeah. But yeah. it is getting close. Yeah. But with other stuff, that just kind of suggests, well, how much is the PlayStation 4? Maybe they can get it to 400 Maybe get a couple hundred off, you know, but then it's still going to be more expensive than your hardware to run it. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, that's mm. just, I mean, and it's not crazy in that that doesn't make sense for them because clearly it's just how much this stuff costs. But yeah. as a consumer, and, who's going to buy into and that? And for what is fundamentally for some time going to be very new yeah. technology and not polished. Yeah. And you if know, you don't have. People are going to be learning how to develop with it. One mm. and a half games <laughs> that come out day one that are like. This is all you need to convince you to play this thing and to buy this thing and spend this money. It's not going to work. It's not. It will be a connect. It will be a move. It will be yeah. uh, you know all of this shit. Um, and I think it'll come back because I think VR is going to rally. Like VR is clearly important for the future. I'm not really. I don't. I will get one at some point when it works really mm. well and it's beautiful in HD. I didn't like being in it. I didn't like not understanding my peripheral. What's going on around me? I felt dumb. 
um yeah. and it's kind of spooky <laughs> to be honest <laughs> and i felt sick as well um but it's clearly around to stay so we've got to get used to it but this is the first step and it's all gonna happen this year we'll definitely get a playstation vr this year as well probably in june maybe yeah so yeah we'll know by the end of the Wait year and see i guess you know it's uh, what's going on yeah. final piece of game news next assassin's creed dan got leaked Oh, right. When Assassin's Creed... Oh, fucking hell. I forgot the name now. Assassin's Creed... I'm going to have to look this is, up, but it takes place Egypt? in Egypt. Egypt. And when's it slated for this? They're skipping a year. From the yes. See, see, this has been the rumour, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, that's been yeah circulating for a while. And, uh, and, and and that's good news. You know, after the disaster that was Unity, Yeah. Um, I want them to take a break. However, I'm sure I heard something about a Assassin's Creed collection so they're not going to miss a chance to make a little bit of cash this year. Yeah, um, I can imagine yeah. that. So to revamp yeah. some of them for the new generation. They've still got their mini ones coming out, the Prince of Persia ones. Yeah. Uh, one came out a few months ago called Raja. And then they've just had Prince, uh, Prince of Persia, uh, <laughs> Assassin's Creed China and Assassin's Creed India. Yeah. Around this week and like next month. They're yeah. like little Prince of Persia things. So yeah, they've still got plenty of stuff coming. Yeah, I'm sure they're not going to struggle this year uh, to, to to pay their uh, pay their rents. Yeah. Um. But um. But yeah, I I still think it's a good thing. Um. You know, I mean, I I I can't help but feel um angry at what a squandered opportunity um the whole Assassin's Creed series is really. Um, how it is very much a, a corporate involvement in you know um, in a in a you know a, a great creative idea. I mean it's yeah. you know uh, AC two was full of such possibility. I mean I always wax lyrical about AC two you know and about how That's much potential there was at the end um, you know and and you know and just just yeah so disappointed that it ended in the way it did you know i kept on playing for for a few of the expansions which oh, i'm gonna call it expansions we used to have we used to have these we used to, at that yeah. point by the time we got to ac3 or just before ac3 yeah i was kind of what you are now i think like just really just angry and yeah. fed up with Jaded. what they were doing yeah um and they had only brought out two games at that point that pissed me off but it just pissed me off because it felt it spoiled what i thought the heritage of that game was yeah and now i'm in a very different place with Assassin's Creed, <laughs> which is both ambivalence and i don't really give a shit anymore mm. i'm so just it is what it is and it does what it does mm. and also kind of positivity like i see a lot of unity had actually some great bits in it syndicate had some really cool bits in it mm. i never got through three but i can't fathom how everyone hates it i think it's actually the most interesting assassin's creed game by a long way yeah um it did more things than anything else you know black flag everyone's favorite after two i, I didn't like black flag see this is the thing for me there were two games that generation of games which was just pre-next gen it's right. just before the xbox one came out and, and the ps4 um you know and and that was um watch dogs mm. watch underscore dogs mm -hmm. um and um and and obviously black flag right um I almost stopped gaming after playing these two oh, games. Wow. Watch, Dogs, out. Watch Dogs was my prize for getting through Black Flag. <laughs> so I worked my way through Black Flag with my reward being Watch Dogs. Yeah, yeah, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Maybe, so. maybe we're off um, one. 
But um, that wasn't the prize you. Expected? But it certainly wasn't the prize I expected. No, yeah, um, I mean both of them had good elements. I mean, what made me so angry with Black Flag was the arrogance in the story. Right. It was you know when the first Captain Blackbeard when he dies, I didn't care. I, I wasn't invested in these characters at all because they hadn't set a scene, but they were they were so, you know, they were so sure that it was this was mm-hmm. this was you know such a cinematic moment. You know, you had the the epic music, the suspense. You know, and no, I didn't care, and I was just it just felt arrogant. You know yep. that you felt that you had people so kind of wrapped up at this point. Um, I, I enjoyed the sailing round, and I, I remember you 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 saying you enjoy that too, and, and I like that. That's all I didn't play. Flag still is. Yeah. I could never play. <laughs> the story because i couldn't give a shit yeah. at all um yeah. yeah i didn't like the character yeah. loved the sailing around it's really pretty yeah. didn't even want to get into fights i just wanted yeah. to sail around and explore islands and the problem is i'd get off an island and be, oh there's nothing to explore well you get off the island and then you'd accidentally climb off a building yeah and and and, and i still can't forgive that yeah, about see, i that. wouldn't go in the i wouldn't go in the cities because <laughs> <laughs> I, I i don't mean it. i mean it was like you know this kind of um you know this kind of magnetism you, all oh, you're yeah, trying to yeah. do is run in a blooming yeah. straight line and next thing you know you, you, you're jumping you on top everything. of a, a pole you know and then you're you know and then you're bashing into things and yeah. you know I, I just can't be graceful in this game and, and and that drives me mad it really does um and that that problem continues into syndicate for me which i'm playing at the moment mm. um and, and i have to say i think it's one of the more most polished the characters uh, are better i see the characters are better the, yeah, yeah the graphics are obviously beautiful oh it's absolutely that. stunning it's lovely to see london again that attention to detail and I, I even found myself the other night reading the the encyclopedia entries on there right. and not realizing that the guy who writes them he's, he's quite funny right there's there's some really witty comments on there you know he's talking about something and he you know at the end of it he put there's a tidbit of a of information for you railway lovers out there uh, <laughs> you know <laughs> and you thought we didn't care about you it was it was this Got sort of thing and it was character. like yeah i mean the reason he can put that in there is because he knows 90 percent of people aren't gonna read this yeah, yeah, yeah but i did love that that was there and um and i felt compelled to really you know invest myself in in in, in the world and that's been a long time since i felt that with a with an assassin's creed title yeah um however um i Whilst there are massive improvements, and I would say it's one of the slickest and, um, you know, uh, one of the, the first aces where they re- feels like they've learned from some of the mistakes. Yeah. Um, there are still fundamental problems there. And, and, and this whole kind of... Um, We've talked about this in the past, you know, this whole sense where you perform a movement and essentially you've triggered an animation, you know, there's, there's no, yeah, yeah. there's no responsiveness and, you know, going back to a game and I've, I've heard the same about the, the Batman series, mm. you know, and I haven't really played those titles, but the one that um, I always come back to would be Shadow of Mordor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shadow of Mordor, I hated on so many levels, although I, uh, I played it, I, but I love the combat. And mm-hmm. for me, that combat, that in, combat. In, in, in AC, that, that was, that was, which, I've been told as well was the Batman combat. Yeah. Shadow um, Mordor was, was literally just Assassin's Creed mixed Batman. Like, that's yeah. what it was. Um, yeah. And in my opinion, not quite as good as either of them, but yeah. at, at their best anyway. I know people go crazy over Shadow of Mordor, but yeah. Oh, it, I, I, really it was it was it annoyed me on so many levels. I mean, you know, it was fundamentally a linear game, trying to pretend to be. You know, I didn't find the spaces interesting at all. Yeah, no, not at it all. And, so and it was brown. so unforgiving. Um, yeah. You know, it was just relentless, and there was nothing nice. There was, yeah. there was no, yeah, yeah. you weren't working towards, 
you something. You needed some blooming. Just just give me one nice area where yeah. everyone's not out to kill me. And I thought, you know, the the emergent gameplay it was interesting. It had some ideas in there, but it could be done in a more kind of fluid way. You know, I'd yep, like to yep, feel yep. it was a more natural thing where they don't necessarily have to throw you into some crude screen to show you exactly what's going on. You know, that, I mean, I can imagine that in, in an AC title. You know, where you know. You, you do start to recognise the characters you're fighting and the leaders yeah, and yeah, yeah. the gang. But anyway, I'm completely... But do you, so do you think then a year off with AC going to a completely different area? Like, they're going back so far in time. Because not a lot of people still have trouble with the modern stuff. They haven't really been dealing with the modern stuff for quite some time now in AC properly. Yeah. Um, and when they do... I never had a problem with the modern stuff, personally. I had a problem when they went all weird and first-person-y with it and some of them mm. you're moving blocks and stupid yeah. shit. Yeah. But the initial stuff with the Desmond stuff, I don't really mind that. It was a nice break. It just, like mixed stuff up a little mm. bit. Um, I, I like the Desmond story, and yeah. I think killing off Desmond was a, a really stupid move. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry, did I did I say Desmond? I meant uh, Desmondo. Desmondo. Uh, Desmondo. You know. Yeah. Um, but Egypt does that interest you? Uh, maybe. Interesting maybe. because it's so radically different. That far back mm. in time, you just—I mean, things. I feel similarly to how I do about Primal, uh, Far Cry Primal. Right with that um which again it's an era that i i wouldn't instinctively think of playing and that mm-hmm. makes me curious it makes me, it makes me curious yeah. other than every video game this year is caveman <laughs> there are yeah. so many caveman <laughs> videos uh sorry video games coming out yeah uh, which then makes me less excited about primal just because i was excited about it and i'll definitely play it and i'll probably love it mm. but watching the recent sort of playthrough videos i'm like oh it literally just looks like a reskinned far cry 4 oh, no. <laughs> i haven't seen anything about it yet but just, then you have yeah. some cool new things you get a pet which is kind of nice and you can train a saber tooth to be a pet or anything else to be a pet which sounds fun yeah um i like they made up a whole new language or they dug up a language or something for them to talk oh, in, right. which is kind of cool yeah um anyway we're getting way off topic yeah um let's steer the ship yes back to the yes. next segment we haven't got much left to go and it's been quite a long one considering yeah, i wish i could read what the time log is on this and i can't <laughs> so it's a mystery to me releases yes this is alex's segment we uh <laughs> normally have a little song for it and now i don't want to do the song <laughs> oh man <laughs> here it goes no, I can't do it. Uh, this is Alex's segment called Chris Pratt. <laughs> Will you give us some money? Uh, which he likes to sing. Um, there's not many releases. So a few days ago, 12th of January, these are things that will be on your consoles right now. You can get Assassin's Creed, India, the second part in their trilogy <laughs> of Prince of Persia, uh, side-scrolly games. Uh, apparently, this one's been getting mediocre reviews. Apparently, uh, the uh, game level design isn't as good, but the the actual levels look prettier kind of thing uh the last part i believe russia comes out next month gone home finally came to consoles yeah. if you're in america you can get this right now go and just and do it go on your xbox mm. go on I, your I still haven't played it i have it on steam <gasps> yeah, um but i never played it oh man no. play it. it's about an hour and a half yeah. two hours i'd like. like to yeah just do yeah. it do it tonight yeah um yeah great um, and now you can get on your Xbox Excellent. Um, and running he's been very careful I forgot his name sorry I feel really bad um, the main creator of Gone Home to not say that this is the best version of the game he just said <laughs> that we wanted it to run because it runs on the, Uni- the new Unity engine and stuff and yeah. it's like we wanted it to run like a very good PC version of the game kind of thing Yeah. Um, but yeah they fixed a few bugs and stuff which they haven't yet got around to fixing the PC version so it's the most complete version of the game running at 60 frames per second and stuff i believe cool um spectacular game and the less you know about it the better just make sure you play at night time when you play it please people and not because it's spooky 
just because it's more emotive. Hmm. Um, but genuinely, that was one of the ba- the forefront sort of standard bearers of indie um, video games, really turning into a, something different, not just a side-scrolling braid sort of style, but something where it's like, oh, you can have big budget you know, production values, but in a small introspective sort of space. Yeah. It was interesting uh, hearing some reviews, interviews with him of how he came up with it. And it was really playing Bioshock and realizing, well, we can't, we don't have the, ma- the money or the time or the resources to create AI and to create, you know, all of these different attributes that are challenging or a fight system. Um, but what if we just took the little thing, like the side stories you get in Bioshock, where you read these little notes or you read these mm. little things and pieces together. What if we did that? As that's the whole game is literally you reading stuff or picking up things and just investigating a small space yeah and interacting within that way and that was all they kind of built which uh, makes me think of course of her story did you mm. did you play that i started which, playing it i haven't played yeah, it properly and that was the um yeah. silent hill oh was that was that uh, silent hill. hill i think so you might want to check that detail okay. uh, nah, okay, we, we, we said, said it is true. true yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> um and uh yeah and that was a of a similar ilk where you're yeah. piecing together a story yeah yeah, yeah. I, li- I like how i played yeah. that's my last one to finish before i can complete my list which goes up tomorrow i believe um so i should probably try and finish that tonight <laughs> um but i normally don't do pc games on it but there haven't been that many you know pc pc games this year that weren't big ones anyway so i'll release them console we're getting way off track. 12th of January <laughs> also came out on console, The Banner Saga, which definitely was a PC game that people should play. Um, but now you can play it on your consoles. Very pretty video game. Have you seen this one? No. Beautiful no. cartoon kind of look. It is a turn-based strategy kind of game, um, but very beautiful. That's the I hate turn-based, and it's my exception to, to try and get into that game. Mm. Coming out 15th of January, which is right here, right now. Oh, sorry, I forgot to say, if you're in the UK or in the EU, Gone Home has been delayed for a little bit. Don't know why you can get it right now in the US, but in, in, they, they haven't announced exactly when it's going to come out now in the EU, but it will be soon. They just had some um, problems, I believe, with the certificate system or whatever it was. Okay. Um, 15th of January, Oxenfree came out, which has already been heralded by some sites as the greatest game of 2016. <laughs> um, and we are two weeks in. Well... Um, I just started playing this today, just the first half now. looks very interesting, very beautiful, very interesting. You, you'll like it, I think. We'll take mm. a look at it after this if you want. Cool. Um, but that's out right now, so you should go and buy that. Um, I don't know if it's just on... No, I think it's on Xbox and PS4. It's definitely on Xbox One. 19th of January, Resident Evil Zero HD comes out. Uh, one of my personal favorite Resident Evils. Um, along with Code Veronica. Remember that one? that's going back isn't it and then also the up kind of the redone version of a boy and his blob which was the wii remake of the classic a boy and his blob game from ye olden days ye olden ye olden days oh i forget what it was i think it was on mega drive wasn't it that boy and his blob to be honest i can't remember it very well but the wii game was actually superb but it just came right at the tail end of the wii's main sort of life cycle yeah. Even though Wii games are still coming out. <laughs> they really are. It's incredible. Wow. Uh, film releases. Not much going on in the US this week. Ip Man 3 comes out, uh, which is very exciting. Uh, same director, same uh, actors. On the 22nd of January in the UK, we get some big films that came out last year in America. We've got The Big Short, um, which is up for Oscar uh, consideration. Uh, we've got Ride Along 2, which looks fucking awful. We've got The Assassin, which is... <laughs> it was the uh, two that gave that away, I think. <laughs> we've got The Assassin, which is on many critics' lists as one of the greatest films of 2015. Our brand is Crisis, which is a not great Sandra Bullock film. And These Final Hours, which is an Australian film that I recommend. Um, it's really cool. It's about 
um, it's a very weird film. It's about the end of the world's happening. There's a meteor heading to Earth, and the whole world is going to burn up, mm. and it's going to be just it's just going to suddenly ignite essentially. And this guy decides that he's going to head to the an end of the world party uh, where his girlfriend is. Uh, but he's having an affair when you start the film. So he's with his kind of lover at the beginning and then he's like, oh, I've got to go for the end of the world party with my girlfriend and he leaves his lover at his house on her own <laughs> uh, for the end of the world. And for the whole film, it's not the best film, but it's such a great setup because for the whole film, you just there's this wall of fire that is just gradually wiping oh, out blimey. the world wow. more yeah. and more and more and more. And they're in Australia. Um, so it's just gradually, yeah, just going around and just incinerating, incendiating, incinerating. I'm having trouble with words today. Incinerating. Incinerating. There yeah. you go. Thank yeah. you. Incinerating, everything. <laughs> um, and yeah, along the way, he picks up this very young girl who rescues from someone, I think, trying to kidnap her or rape her or something. Um, and yeah. it becomes a sort of lone wolf and cub sort of style story of them trying to get to this party. But uh, really, yeah, interesting film. Mm. Check it out. These cool. final hours. Cool. That was all the uh, releases this week. Well, it probably wasn't. It's all the ones I cared about. Um, <laughs> box office, very quickly. We haven't really talked about it. Star Wars has dominated everything. It's the um, it's done pretty well for itself. It's just opening in China now. It's not going to be Avatar in China um, because it just won't. It doesn't have that kind of cultural relevance. Um, but in North America, it has beaten everything pretty much i think it's made as much money in its box office as avatar did uh in 22 days as avatar took a year to make that's what i was talking about was still going still going so at the moment um the worldwide grosses this is worldwide so if you're just talking looking at north america uh star wars force awakens is now the number one film in history looking at worldwide grosses it's still avatar then titanic and then star wars the force awakens titanic Titanic. that titanic james cameron still has the top two spots on worldwide grosses avatar and titanic oh. um but interesting two no sorry th- four films that came out this year are in the top 10 worldwide grossing of all time it's crazy so yeah. that's why this is the biggest even halfway through this year it was the biggest year in cinema f- in history um, yeah. but you got star wars force awakens at number three jurassic world at number four mm-hmm. um at number six you got the furious seven Fast and Furious 7 and at number 7 you got Avengers 2 Age of Ultron all films I haven't seen they are in <laughs> four films from this year in the top 10 yeah. films of wow, all no, time it's amazing yeah, it's crazy absolutely amazing. Uh, the best of them is The Force Awakens all of those four films are great Furious 7 and uh, actually that's not great but Force Awakens <laughs> is fucking fantastic Jurassic World I really love I'm, I'm unapologetic about it and Avengers 2 I think is better than Avengers 1 yeah so there you go excellent the box office this week though The Revenant is that number one, which is very reassuring. Um, with, what was that? Is this right? Daily box office. Hang on. Let me, let me just double check these figures. Revenant is indeed a number one. Uh, I think it's with four million from its opening. These are midweek, aren't they? Four week. I got really confused right now. Friday, four. Anyway, Revenant's at number one. Star Wars is at number two. Daddy's Home is at number three. The Big Short's at number four. Hateful Eight is at number five, which considering I think it's the one limited 70mm release, doing pretty well. Number six, Sisters. Number seven, The Forest, which looks like shit. Number eight, Joy. Number nine, Concussion. And number ten, Alvin and the Chipmunks, The Road Ship. <laughs> 
Congratulations. Because <laughs> that happened. Yes. Um, I went to see Hateful Eight the other day. Yeah. The new Quentin Tarantino movie. Um, 70 millimeter uh, presentation on it. Oh, right. Presentation. Wow. wow. Um, there's only one cinema in all of the UK showing it in 70 millimeter. And yeah. we went to see it and it was an amazing experience. It was really cool. Because you went in, they gave you a big booklet on the film um, as you That's went nice. in. Uh, everyone was there in like a festival buzz about it. A yeah. huge, it was the cinema where all the premieres are. They got the, this person came with a microphone and kind of introduced the film, told someone in the audience to stand up who had a certain seat number. And they said, that was where Quentin Tarantino sat during the European premiere. And you can see the person standing up going, all right, <laughs> what, what do I do now? <laughs> uh, or did, did he watch? <laughs> Clammy. Um, yeah, and the lady on the microphone got embarrassingly excited about the film before screening it but uh, in a rehearsed way it was really painful like a, to watch. like a opening of a new apple store like, oh my god gun motions with the hands oh, it was painful man. Man. Oh. Uh, and everyone started laughing at her at one point and i felt really bad for her oh. but she didn't seem to notice yeah. <laughs> she started laughing with her okay well um, maybe she was the right person for the job then. But yeah, yeah i think so impervious yeah. to social commentary yeah. um yeah and then the film started and you get a 10 minute kind of overture at the beginning which is like the the olden times where you again came back and play if there's a bell hurt in the background <laughs> the podcast is because my mom lives next to a church it's not because we're at a funeral or anything <laughs> anything it's a new segment of the show <laughs> it's our new obituary <laughs> <Your> segment <laughs> shouldn't be laughing yes. actually we definitely shouldn't yeah. be laughing because we very purposely not talked about yes. two very very sad incredibly sad Absolutely, deaths yeah. that have happened in the last yeah. week uh, which we're not really going to cover because what else can you really say there's nothing we can say that's going to yeah. really reflect upon those people Absolutely. properly um, was, what was my point did I have a point oh yeah and then the overture 10 minutes of looking at a picture and listening to some score yeah um, with the lights still up it was very weird and then it all goes down 70 millimeter version is a different cut that he's cut just for 70 millimeter cinemas to try and encourage people to go to cinema and see this in 70 millimeter, uh, which is a very bold thing to do. Like this mm. is the whole you're going to see a different version of my movie. Mm. Um, it's very long. There's an intermission. It goes on for about three and a half hours. It's like a 15 minute intermission yeah. in it. Yeah, wow. The further away I am from it, the more I like The Hateful Eight. It's a very, very great setup. Very fun film. Very enjoyable. Definitely too long in the beginning. It doesn't need uh, I think maybe the edited version is going to be better. What's the um, kind of basic... The premise plot? is wonderful. It's just about... It's um, what in Wild West times. Um, and it's kind of like Django meets Reservoir Dogs in a way, but with a whodunit Agatha Christie kind of thing going on. Um, and it's about the stagecoach, which is taking a bounty hunter and uh, his bounty um, through uh, Blizzard in the snow. And they start coming across different characters some who are bounty hunters, some who might be sheriffs, different things like this, in the snow stranded. And immediately everyone starts being suspicious of each other, thinking, oh, because the bounty hands is worth a lot of money. So mm. you start immediately getting suspicious of who's actually working with who, who's genuinely who they say they are, who's actually after the bounty, planting some good seeds of, you know, what's going on. And then the blizzard gets so bad, they have to take shelter in a sort of inn, I guess, kind of thing. Um, and there's even more weird characters who are already in this inn. Very weird, sort of cartoonish bunch. Hmm. Um, and it sets it up and it's done with kind of title cards like Frasier, you know, of like chapter one, this, chapter two, this, chapter three, yeah. this. And it kind of spells out what's going to happen for you. And then the blizzard kind of swarms them in. So it brings all these characters together. They're all suspicious of each other. 
and then it finds them into one little house where they have to like wait it out for a few days yeah and then it's quentin tarantino so obviously violence ensues <laughs> um my problems with it was that it's very Tarantino and Tarantino has become very aware of himself and just kind of makes cartoonish versions of his own films and it's very cartoonish yeah. it's very over the top oh look I'm an old film and genuinely you could probably watch this in 50 years time and think it was made in the 1940s when he wants it to be made or 1950s yeah um, and yet no one else does what he does so it's still very valid you don't get other films it's an odd like thing that. isn't it to, to, to be in a position where you are almost you yeah. know a caricature of yourself exactly it? yeah. and I don't think yeah. he notices it like, my problem with this is I still really love it but I kind of annoys myself that I love it because I just I don't feel he's really trying that hard mm. I think this comes very easy to him and everyone is very cartoonish in it which sure makes it fun when you go in like that but this is a guy who used to make Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction and mm. films which could be pastiches but have real heart and soul and sincere characters and now he just makes characters which say comic booky things to each other the yeah. whole time um, he basically now makes the films that his characters used to talk about in his films you know yeah. you know all the stuff they used to chat about it's like that's what he just makes now is the stuff they talked about in his films yeah. rather than so yeah, I, I would love for him to make another more in, intelligent film with his characters, but The Hateful Eight's very unique still. Great setup and very enjoyable. Um, yeah. I would highly recommend it. Yeah. Cool. I think my throat's run out of breath. <laughs> I think we're near the end. Um, we normally talk about some indie things that we want to support. I don't really have anything right now that I want to support. I'm sure I'm forgetting something. I think there was a Kickstarter I wanted to support, but I've forgotten. I'll be back. I'll say something another time. Um, probably. I'm stalling. What I think. <laughs> um, Dan. Yes. People uh, want to get in contact with you. Yes. To, uh, you know, <laughs> ask you more questions about Body Harvest. <laughs> yes. Where can they do that? Um, Are you on the Twitters? Um I think I am. You yeah, think you are? I, I'm afraid I, I don't really. I don't really use it. All do that you use much. anything? Do you use Instagram? Do you? Use, um, do you have a website? No, you know, no, no I'm, I'm, can't I'm, I'm a web developer, but I have no website. Uh, so, <laughs> you just so, said so, that probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, um, I think I, I am on Twitter. I think it's uh, twitter.com forward slash Danhouse, and it's just Dan I think it's, it is just Dan my Dan name. Housen. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you if you want to, I mean, obviously, I'm. Um, how about you promise promise the listeners you'll check in once over the next month okay <laughs> I, 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 I promise anything. that i pro promise that yeah there you go. i uh yeah I, i've i've always been meaning to use it a bit more i guess i i'm not hugely uh active in that realm but there's no need you know, it's just uh, part of the package for yeah. what we do um yeah and if you want to uh talk to me directly i'm just at mr al white on everything i think you can get me on xbox as well on that on psn and on twitter instagram uh, my website, Mr. Al White. And if you want our company stuff, it's We Are Tessellate. That's with two S's, two L's. Please, if you're listening to this, if you got this far, first of all, have a badge. Uh, <laughs> second, go to iTunes, type in Tessellate. Uh, our podcast is called Geeks, obviously, but there's a whole bunch of podcasts called Geeks and we're not that high up yet in the list. We'll fucking get there one day. But type in Tessellate, two S's, two L's, and we'll come straight up because we'll be the top one that's registered under that. And please subscribe to us. Please leave us a review. Please rate us. We say that every week, but I can't even tell you how much it means to us. If you do that, even if you don't listen to us, just rate us anyway. Who cares? No one has to know. 
Just put five stars. It's nice. Um, and yeah, and you can follow We Are Tessellate on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, our websites, We Are Tessellate. We have videos. Go on to YouTube and type in We Are Tessellate and you'll get all of our videos. You'll get the films that we make. We make movies. Uh, we're an international production house. We run out of LA, out of London, out of Tokyo. And we do this shit because we are... I don't know. Why do we do it, Dan? I don't Passionate. know why I talk about we stuff. We love it. We're just like, yeah, we, we like talking it. about yeah. shit and yeah. boring stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So there you go. Yeah. Um, next week, LA will be hosting probably Nate, probably Alex, probably Justin, definitely one of those three. Hopefully not talking to themselves. Um, and then I'll be back in a couple of weeks and we're going to, in about, I think February the 12th, something like that, I'm going to be back in LA and we're going to have our first one back with all of our regular hosts. We're going to finish off the quiz that we started in 2015 it's a bit late to have an end of year quiz, <laughs> um, <laughs> but we're going to do it anyway because we left it. We do this quiz thing and it's between Alex, Nate and the guests mm. at the moment because I rallied up the points. The guests are winning, Yeah. Um, but we're going to do a massive blowout one and I want to do an end of the year quiz where we have all these questions about 2015, about games and movies from 2015. So that's what we're going to mm-hmm. do. We're going to do two podcasts when I get back. One's just going to be the regular show. The other's going to be a massive end of year quiz blowout and they'll get their prize, whoever wins. Uh, we'll have to ask a guest on who can then take the prize if the guest wins. They get the benefit from a year of random guest hard work. <laughs> um, yeah, that's about all we've got time for. Cool. <laughs> Don't know how to end this now. I rambled <laughs> way too long. Well, thank you very much for having me. Thank you, man, for coming. Appreciate yeah. it. I hope yeah. maybe next time back in England we can do it again. Yeah, be I fantastic, guess, yeah. But cool. Cool, enjoyed right. it. And we're out. Yeah. Geeks! Yeah. Geeks! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to edit that together. I'm just going to leave the gap. Love it.